Sunday blessings to you all. This is the Lord's Day, the day of resurrection that commences a new week and offers a new opportunity to be drawn by grace more deeply into the paschal mystery of Jesus Christ. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, may each of us graciously respond to Jesus' invitation to live more deeply his passion, death, and glorious resurrection and ascension, and be drawn into loving communion with God our Father. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Guiding us this Sunday in opening the Word of God is St. John Chrysostom, one of the great Eastern or Greek fathers of the Church. He was born in the mid-fourth century in Orantes in the province of Syria. While initially intending a career in government and theater, he gradually became more enamored of Christianity through a friend who lived a very devout life. After being baptized, John devoted himself to the study of sacred scripture and Christian living guided by Syrian desert monks. When he returned to Antioch because of health issues, the bishop appointed him a deacon, and a few years later, he was ordained a priest by Bishop Flavian. When Nectarius, the bishop of Constantinople, died in 397, John was elected his successor. His absolute fidelity to the gospel of Jesus earned him the ire of many in society as well as in the church resulting in exile. After many years in exile, he died in the year 407. For this Sunday, we will listen to a brief excerpt from Homily 16. These extensive homilies are part of a much larger collection wherein St. John Chrysostom ponders Jesus' teaching delivered in the Sermon on the Mount. For his sayings were no repeal of the former, but a drawing out and filling up of them. Thus, not to kill is not annulled by the saying, be not angry, but rather is filled up and put into greater security, and so all of the others. Wherefore you see, as he had before unsuspectedly cast the seeds of this teaching. So at the time, when from his comparison of the Old and New Commandments, he would be more distinctly suspected of placing them in opposition, he used his corrective beforehand. 
for in a covert way he had already indeed scattered those seeds by what he had said. Thus, blessed are the poor, is the same as we are not to be angry, and blessed are the pure in heart, as not to look upon a woman for lust, and the not laying up treasures on earth harmonizes with blessed are the merciful, and to mourn also, to be persecuted and reviled, coincide with entering in at the straight gate, and to hunger and thirst after righteousness is nothing else than that which he said afterwards, whosoever you that men should do to you, you also do to them. And having declared the peacemaker blessed, he again almost said the same when he gave the command to leave the gift and hasten to reconciliation with him that was grieved and about agreeing with our adversary. But here he set down the rewards of them that do right, here rather the punishments of them who neglect practice. Wherefore, as is that place, he said, the meek shall inherit the earth, so here he who calls his brother full shall be in danger of hellfire, and there the pure in heart shall see God. Here is a complete adulterer who looks unchastely. And having there called the peacemakers sons of God, here he alarms us from another quarter, saying, Lest at any time the adversary deliver you to the judge. Thus also, whereas in the former part he blesses them that mourns, and them that are persecuted, in the following, establishing the very same point, he threatens destruction to them that go not far away, for they that walk in the broad way, says he, makes their end there. And you cannot serve God and mammon, seems to me the same with blessed are the merciful, and those that hunger after righteousness. But, as I said, since he is going to say these things more clearly, and not only more clearly, but also to add again more than had been already said, for he no longer merely seeks a merciful man, but bids us give up even our coat, not simply a meek person, but to turn the other cheek to him that would smite us. Therefore, he takes away the apparent contradiction. On this account, then, 
as I have already stated. He said this not once only, but once and again, in that to the words, Think not, I am come to destroy, he added, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For truly I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one title shall in no way pass from the law till all come to pass. Now, what he says is like this. It cannot be that it should remain unaccomplished, but the very least thing therein must need be fulfilled. Which thing he himself performed, in that he completed it with all exactness. And here he signifies to us obscurely that the fashion of the whole world is also being changed. Nor did he set it down without purpose, but in order to arouse the hearer and indicate that he was with the just cause introducing another discipline, if at least the very works of creation are all to be transformed and mankind is to be called to another country and to a higher way of practicing how to live. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Thus, having rid himself of the evil suspicion and having stopped the mouths of them who would fain gainsay, then at length he proceeds to alarm and sets down a heavy denunciation in support of the enactments he was entering upon. For as to having said this in behalf not of the ancient laws, but of those which he was proceeding to enact, listen to what follows. For I say unto you, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no way enter into the kingdom of heaven. For if he were threatening with regard to the ancient laws, how he said, except it shall be exceeded, since they who did just the same as those ancients could not exceed them, on the score of righteousness. But of what kind was the required excess? Not to be angry, not even to look upon a woman unchastely. For what cause then does he call these commandments least, though they were so great? Because he himself was about to introduce the enactment of them. For as he humbled himself and speaks of himself frequently with measure, so likewise 
of his own enactments, hereby again teaching us to be modest in everything. And besides, since there seemed to be some suspicion of novelty, he ordered his discourse for a while with reserve. But when you hear, least in the kingdom of heaven, surprise you nothing but hell and torments. For he was used to mean by the kingdom, not merely the enjoyment thereof, but also the time of the resurrection and that awful coming. How could it be reasonable that while he who called his brother fool and transgressed but one commandment falls into hell, the breaker of them all, and the instigator of the others to the same, should be within the kingdom. This, therefore, is not what he means, but that such a one will be at that time least, that is, cast out last. And he that is last will surely then fall into hell. For being God, he foreknew the laxity of many. He foreknew that some would think these sayings were merely hyperbolic and would argue about the law and say, What if any one call another a fool? Is he punished? If one merely look on a woman, does he become an adulterer? For this very cause, he, destroying such insolence beforehand, has set down the very strongest denunciation against either sort, as well as them who transgress, as then who lead others to do so. Knowing then his threat as we do, let us neither ourselves transgress nor discourage such as are disposed to keep these things. But whoever shall do and teach, he says, shall be called great. For not to ourselves alone should we be profitable, but to others also since neither is the reward as great for him who guides himself aright as for one who with himself adds also another. For as teaching without doing condemns the teacher, for you teach another, it is said, teach you, not yourself, so doing but not guiding others, lessens our reward. One ought, therefore, to be chief in either work, and having first set one's self right, thus to proceed also to the care of the rest. For on this account, he himself has set the doing 
before the teaching. To imitate that so much may at once be able to teach, but in no other way. For one will be told, Physician, heal yourself. Since he who cannot teach himself, yet attempts to set others right, will have many to ridicule him. Or rather, such a one will have no power to teach at all, his actions uttering their voice against him. But, if he be complete in both respects, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, unless your righteousness shall surpass the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Here by righteousness, he means the whole of virtue, even as also discoursing of Job, he said, he was a blameless man, righteous. According to the same signification of the word, Paul also called that man righteous, for whom, as he said, no law is even set. For a law is not made for a righteous man. And in many other places, too, one might find this name standing for virtue in general. But observe, I pray you, the increase of grace, in that he will have his newly come disciples better than the teachers in the old covenant. For by scribes and Pharisees here, he meant not merely the lawless, but the well-doers, for they were not doing well. He would not have said they have a righteousness. Neither would he have compared the unreal to the real. And observe also here how he commends the old law by making a comparison between it and the other, which kind of thing implies it to be of the same tribe and kindred. For more and less is in the same kind. He chose not, you see, to find fault with the old law, but will have it made stricter. Whereas, had it been evil, he would not have required more of it. He would have made it more perfect, but would have cast it out. And how may one say, if it be such, does it not bring us into the kingdom? It does not now bring in them who live after the coming of Christ, favored as they are with more strength and bound to strive for greater things, since as to its own foster children, then it does bring in one and all.
Yes, for many will come, he says, from the east and the west, and shall lie down in the bosoms of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Lazarus, also receiving the great prize, is shown dwelling in Abraham's bosom. After all, as many as have shown forth with excellency in the old dispensation, shown by it every one of them. And Christ himself, had it been in anything evil or alien from him, would not have fulfilled it at all when he came. For if only to attract the Jews he was doing this, and not in order to drove it akin into the new law, and concurrent therewith? Wherefore, he not also fulfilled the laws and customs of the Gentiles, that he might attract the Gentiles also. So, that from all considerations it is clear that not from any badness in itself does it fail to bring us in, but because it is now the season of higher precepts. And if it be more perfect than the new, neither would this imply it to be evil, since upon the principle the new law itself will be in the very same case. Because in truth, our knowledge of this, when compared with that which is to come, is a sort of partial and imperfect thing, and is done away on the coming of the other. For when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Even as it befell, the old law through the new. Yet we are not to blame for the new law for this, for that also gives place on attaining unto the kingdom. For then that which is part shall be done away, but for this we call it great. Since then both the rewards thereof are greater, and the power given by the Spirit more abundant, in reason it requires our graces to be greater also. For it is no longer a land that flows with milk and honey, nor comfortable old age, nor many children, nor corn and wine, and flocks and herds, but heaven, and the good things in the heavens, and the adoption and brotherhood with the only begotten, and to partake of the inheritance, and to be glorified and to reign with him, and whose unnumbered rewards and as to our having received more abundant help 
you hear Paul when he says, There is therefore no condemnation now to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit has made me free from the law of sin and death. St. John Chrysostom, pray for us. Let us gather or collect all of our intentions for Holy Mother Church. For all of the intentions for our country and for our world. For all who are suffering and burdened in any way. For all the needs of our local faith communities, most especially the faith communities of our domestic churches, our beloved families. For all of these intentions, Lord, have mercy on us all. Let us pray. O God, who teach us that you abide in hearts that are just and true, grant that we may be so fashioned by your grace as to become a dwelling pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord.